Good morning from Sugar City Studios, beautiful Johnson Square, sunny Savannah, Georgia. Uh, Mark Hall, North Point of View, uh, with Dr. Walter Kimsey's. Walter, how are you? I'm great. Good morning, Mark. How are you? I'm good, man. Um, all right, chaos and shipping. Uh, you know, we talked about inventory uh, levels uh, last time. Uh, can't get our sofas. Can't get um, our you know pots and pans. Uh, and we see the ships anchored off the coast of LA, anchored off uh, even the coast of Savannah, Georgia. What the heck is going on? Basically, a couple of things. When we, when the pandemic broke out, uh, some parts of the world were shut down and other parts of the world were not. So China was shut down last year, January, February into March. And, uh, and then when China came back on, we shut down our economy. Then Europe shut down their economy. And when we shut down the economy, it's not just people not going to stores, because that's how you see it on TV, but it's people not going into factories. And so where you would get your stuff uh, changed. Um, Michaels uh, had, you know, one of the, the managers at Michaels, the arts and crafts store told me they were uh, in the middle of last year importing things from very different places than they ever had before because uh, the places they normally did had been shut down. Right. And it wasn't just them, it was a lot of companies. And uh, this created a little problem in the sense that we didn't have enough equipment to support the level of world trade. So when things work normally, I, I have a container, it goes eight times a year between Los Angeles and Shanghai. And as an ocean carrier, I, I, I'm going to keep doing that. So just for example, and then Shanghai shuts down. And I now need to send the container to, let's say, India, because India is still open. Now the container is on running a much longer cycle, going to India and back. Um, and then when China comes on, uh, but they're not making this stuff yet, India is now sick, then I have to start importing from, let's say, Brazil. So now the container is going to another different place. And if you imagine this happening for every company out there, the containers are no longer on a normal rotation cycle. They're getting, they're going to different places where they might get stuck for very long and that seems to be the case in the Middle East and Turkey. Um, and trying to get all of that back to a normal flow as economies come back online takes a long time. And I guess maybe, I, you know, I used to hear this term just in time, inventory and things like that, where people didn't, you know, want to have an oversupply of inventory, right? But man, when you get pinched like this, and then it affects your ability to like complete this, you know, the assembly line process, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, we got you know one screw to a door here that's mm -hmm. keeping the whole car from hitting the uh, end of the assembly line. It's a problem. It, it is a problem, and and you know that's why we nowadays we talk about just in case inventory. Got it. Because what happens is when we went to just in time, um, and and you know you can see what it does for the economy. The inventory to sales ratio we were talking about the other day, right? It dropped a lot from ninety two to twenty fifteen, and so what that means is a lot less capital tied up in inventory. Right. Capital costs money, so we are we've been able to return that capital to the owners of it. The companies don't have to hold that capital in the form of inventories because of the just-in-time approach. But uh, when you start losing market share to other competitors because you don't have the inventory. Peloton, right? Exactly. 
Yeah. Exactly. That would be the case. So what's happening now is the boxes are all in the wrong places. They're not in the right places. And they're not moving the way they did and for the last 20 years up to pandemic, the pandemic hit. They're just not moving the same way. So exporters everywhere in the world are struggling to find boxes. U.S. exporters to find boxes to put them into to go to China. But, and then the Chinese guys to send them to the U.S. Um, but part of the problem, too, is the liners make a lot more money on boxes coming into the U.S. than boxes leaving the U.S. Right. So roughly half of, of our total container volumes, it's about 50 million at our ports, 25 million are imports, 12 and a half million are exports, and 12 and a half million are empties. It's roughly how it breaks down. So um, the liners make a lot of money on the imports. For a box to come into, say, Savannah these days, it's running about 8,000 bucks for a 40-foot container. And normally, wow. it's half of that or less. Yeah. So um, why would you, the, but the exports only get like two, three, four hundred dollars depending on the time of year. So we need to bump up our exports, right? It, well, we yeah, we do. The problem is, is that the liners don't like them because yeah. if you if you get a box out of its normal cycle to in order to, to you know to take some U.S. exports someplace, uh, and it costs you one turn of the box going between China and the U.S., you're going to give up eight uh, you know eight thousand dollars for a for a one four hundred dollar run. No, no, exactly. So the liners have been holding back in the boxes. So now, how do you step into that though? So what the heck? How, how, and I know you have um, uh, advisory roles. I think maybe uh, is it the Department of Commerce? Yes. Where, okay. So I am on the Department of Commerce Advisory Committee for Supply Chain Competitiveness. So we formally are a federal committee that advises the secretary. And uh, today we just saw that uh, the- You gotta have your badge on when you go to that meeting, right? <laughs> you do, actually. <laughs> now there's, there's rules. It's a Federal <laughs> Advisory Committee Act kind of thing. But uh, the government bipartisan bill has been introduced to tell the Department of Commerce that it must establish the Office of Supply Chain Competitiveness. There's a full realization now, even in the public sector, that a company is its supply chain. An economy is its supply chain. What an economy does is it takes stuff out of the ground, it moves it to process it, it moves it again to make something, it moves it again to take it to a store or to your house, and you consume it and then you throw the stuff in the trash or in the toilet, and that's it. That's what an economy is. And there's just too much focus on, 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 on appearances rather than the structure, what really drives things. And so uh, the government's taking this a lot more serious because if you want to kill an economy, you attack its supply chain. And we are concerned about many, several countries in the world being bad actors. Right. And we want to make sure that they can't use our supply chain to choke us, in particular China. 40% of the world's manufactured goods come from China. Yeah, so we've been hearing about the reshoring of the production of whether it's computer chips or car batteries or all those things, mm -hmm. so that, in effect, it is sort of a national security issue, right? Yes, it is. Exactly. Even including the way the, uh, the ocean carriers and the ports are functioning these days. Um, we do have too little inventory. You know, we, we were just noting the other day that, you know, Lindsay was complaining that her couch that she ordered in October hasn't been delivered by March, and now they're saying May. Yeah. That's six months. Yeah. So... So everybody is, all the companies are trying to restock as quickly as they can. And it's been very difficult because sales have run, been running far ahead of that. 
So we have the, everything that is, whatever factories are open, not all of them are, running at overheated temperatures to fill those boxes. The ocean carriers are literally racing from Asia to the US with imported goods. And they're hitting the ports, uh, you know, uh, what they're trying to do is just larger vessels into fewer ports so they can gain some kind of efficiency. It has not worked. Yeah, no, you, you and I were talking even last week where some of these uh, head logistics guys, these big companies, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're not weathering the storm very well. And, and uh, it's, you know, this, this last run has had an impact on, you know, share prices of some of the big stocks. And there's a mm-hmm. tremendous amount of pressure on this. Exactly. There's a lot of announcements that the, the revenues are going to be a little lower than expected for the quarter because they just don't have this stuff you know, on the shelves or the ability to deliver on all of the orders they anticipated. Right. So how will this pan out? Well, once we, we get back to herd immunity and everybody's out doing, doing more things as opposed to buying more things, we'll, we'll be able to pull this together. But I don't think the chaos in shipping will go away until probably around a Chinese Lunar New Year next year. Yeah, and this obviously will have a long-term impact on just you know, uh, inventory levels back to you, what you just described as the, you know, just in case rather than the just in time. Uh, and you know, long-term, some structural shifts mm-hmm. in duplicity and, and things like that so that we're not so dependent on, you know, this plant or or this, you know, mining operation in this part of the world that we, we come up with some, um, uh, some duplicity so that these companies don't get hung out to dry if you know mm-hmm. one route gets sh- shut down. Exactly, that is exactly the point. Yeah. Hey, Walter. Thanks. Always great to be with you. Hey, good talking to you, Mark. All right, man. Take care. Thanks.